Welcome to the Broken Pie Chart Podcast, episode number 88. I'm your host, Derek Moore. This week, is there really a lot of volatility anticipated in the election? Is the option market pricing in a ton of extra volatility? And what does that look like? And we're going to compare this back to 2000. Some of you might remember there was a little election back in uh, November of 2000. George Bush against Al Gore. And that race, uh, that was a year that had heightened volatility like this one has, given the, uh, you know, the sell-off back in March and everything, or February, I guess. Uh, but we'll take a look back and see what the VIX did before, during, and then after uh, the Supreme Court decision that sort of put a, a final, uh, you know, some finality on on that race. So I know you're hearing a lot in the news and you're hearing about how traders are really pricing in volatility for the election. And last week, Goldman Sachs put out a note, CNBC talked about it. And it was just the idea that if there's a contested election or if there's some, you know, if it goes longer and they need to count the votes, they're seeing a lot of volatility pushed to December. So what do they mean by that? And when they say volatility, what is exactly are they talking about? So we'll get into all those things and hopefully at least give you a little bit of a primer or an understanding of, of what they're, they're discussing. So uh, the quick answer is, yeah. Uh, if we look at something like the VIX futures, of course, the VIX measures the expected you know 30-day volatility without getting too far into the, the weeds on it. And there are VIX, so when you look at CNBC and they have the VIX index flashing across the screen, they do, that's the spot index or the VIX cash. That's like, what's the volatility right now? And that's not a tradable thing. Uh, you, When traders are trading VIX, there's no way to trade the, the cash or the spot VIX. Uh, in fact, there's no derivatives based on that either. But certainly it informs a lot of uh, you know, what's going on with options prices because the VIX cash index, the one you see on CNBC, that's created using different options on the S&P 500. And so as option premiums are raised, meaning people are willing to, to pay more for them or uh, the expectation is that moves will be higher than lower on a daily basis, day after day, uh, you'll see the VIX rise. But the VIX future, it's a contract. It actually trades. There's monthly contracts. And so, for example, there's an October VIX contract. There's a November. There's some weeklies in there as well, which are sticking with the monthlies. And, you know, you can go all the way out if you wanted to buy a, a VIX future. And by the way, I'm not suggesting go out and buy VIX futures. Um, but there are ones that trade. Let's see. This one expires May of 21. They've got those on the board. So what do we see? Well, the first thing is, yes, no, the way the curve is right now. And so basically when you draw a curve, you look at the, the current prices on all these VIX futures contracts across the months and you plot them, you know, you, you put a circle. So if it's uh, $31, right, you, you make a, a note there. If the next month is 32, well, then it goes up. If the next month is back to 31, it comes back down. And so, yeah, the November VIX future 
which expires November 17th. I believe election day this year is like November 3rd. I should know that. Um, let me just double check my, my calendar. Give you the, yeah, no, Tuesday, November 3rd is election day. And so that, uh, that contract, so the October one expires on uh, 1020. There might be a, a weekly in there as well, but the November 17th one is that expires, let's see. Yeah, November 17th. So what are we seeing? Well, volatility across the spectrum is elevated right now. Uh, we're seeing the October futures contract about 31. Uh, we know that you know the VIX has been hovering in the mid to high 20s of late. Um, more expectation for volatility right now than let's say in 2017. When we saw the VIX close some days around 10. I think we saw a sub 10 VIX uh, for a little bit there. So what do we see? Well, if you were looking at a graph and imagine uh, November is the highest VIX futures contract right now. So when they say that that's reflecting the election, yeah, I would agree with that. Um, that one is higher than the other ones. Um, in fact, it's higher than October. December is equal to October. And then they start to fall off and trend down. Uh, for example, the May of 2021 is only 28 and a half. The February is, you know, just under 30 and, you know, on and on. So certainly there is, uh, there is volatility in November one. Um, we don't see yet the December VIX future uh, rising up to level in November. Um, and sometimes there's nuances. So for example, if, uh, you know, normal years, if you kind of look at the VIX futures and you get you have one that expires, you know, mid-December, usually there's a little kink down. So it's not a perfect line, meaning you'd have November, this December one dips, and then January goes, goes back up a little bit. And you get that because typically those two weeks, at least historically, certainly wasn't that way in December of 2018, uh, but that has lower volatility historically. So the expectation's lower. So what does it mean when volatility is high? Well, traders use volatility, and, and volatility is a major component in how options are priced. The higher the expected volatility, and, and so implied volatility says, what is the market expecting going forward? Historical volatility is, is how much prices actually did change. And so if option premiums are not reflecting the proper amount of future volatility and historical, well, you know, if the actual moves wind up being higher than volatility was pricing, it was underpricing it. So when we say, you know, the, the quick way of doing this, and we'll use the VIX future as a proxy, um, when you're really looking at this, you're looking at the individual option strips, you're looking at the, the months and the contracts, the implied volatility on the instrument that's being traded. But the quick way of doing this is, uh, they used to call it the rule of 16, but it's, if you wanted to see what the option market is, you know, expecting on a, on a one-day volatility basis, well, you could say, all right, if volatility is, let's say it's, uh, you know, 17 or so, 
you divide that by 15.875, or some people call it the rule of 16 because it's easier to round up. And you would say the one-day expected volatility is about 1.07%. You know, this is kind of the back of the envelope thing. Uh, if we put implied volatility at 30, well, then the one-day move that the market is, you know, pricing out via the options market is rounded about 1.9%. And so the higher implied volatility, you know, the VIX is sort of a proxy for, for some of this, um, the higher that uh, the expectation is uh, the prices will move. So is a, you know, if we use the VIX future as a, as a proxy, it, how much extra volatility are they pricing in for, you know, November versus uh, the previous month, October? It's roughly, what is that, 15.875. It's roughly about six-tenths of 1% is, you know, if we use that as a proxy, what it's sort of doing. And actually to make it easier, it's, you know, if we think about it, it's about a 2.05% expected daily move versus in October about 1.97. So it's not that much different. Where we are seeing some differences uh, is in the expirations. And you're seeing, you know, out of the money puts, for example, on the S&P hold a little bit more value than maybe they normally would further away. Um, so that's, it's, I would say, I would agree. I mean, definitely the VIX future is, is uh, kinked or up in November, and I'm seeing some option prices that, that are reflecting that. So volatility is already elevated. It's not like we're at a volatility of, you know, 10, and November volatility is, you know, expecting 30. It's been elevated for a while. So I thought it'd be interesting too to just think about, uh, now I've done episode, we'll do another election episode probably October 31st, or at least that's when we're going to record it. So we'll be out most likely the Sunday right before election day. We'll kind of go through what we're seeing in the markets and give our once over, uh, go back through the 13 keys again. Uh, If you want to listen to that episode we just did, we talked about some of the historical stuff. And I'll put a link to that. That was a, a few weeks ago. But I bring this up because, uh, you know, sometimes people believe that presidents uh, have more to do with the stock market, at least the results. And the reality is what we found is that uh, it might surprise you. There's not as much difference as you would think uh, on the compounded annual growth rates. And there's not that as much difference if you look at the construct, not only of the presidency, Senate, and House, uh, you know, when it's triple Democrat or triple Republican. So I'll link to that episode and I think you'll, you'll find that one interesting. But I thought it was instructive to go back to 2000. Now, in 2000, so the election that year was November 7th of 2000. And I went back and I pulled up the, the VIX index. Now, I bring up this election because uh, on election night, so just to refresh everyone's memory, uh, Florida had, I think at the time, 27 electoral votes. I think they're 29 now. Uh, but Florida, their race was very, very tight. And, uh, you know, from memory, it's been a long time, I guess, right? 2000, uh, been about 20 years. But from memory, it was, uh, you know, some of the networks would would declare, I think they declared President Bush the winner. 
another network said it was too close to call and then it kind of flipped. And I remember watching, it was pretty late and it became apparent that uh, it was, you weren't going to necessarily get the, the result that night. So fast forward, I think it was December 12th, I believe it was December 12th, uh, Supreme Court ruling, and, and I won't go into all of that, but basically uh, there was some legal stuff, partial recounts, you know, you can Google that. But basically the court ruled, um, you know, basically gave, you know, shut down the recount or called whatever recount they were doing. I, I actually, I don't want to get into the speculate because it's been a while since I've even thought about it. But anyway, December 12th is when you get the resolution. So I thought it would be interesting, you know, November 7th, if you look at that date in the VIX, uh, or November 6th, so going into election day, uh, VIX was about 24 and a half. On election day, the VIX closed about 24.87. Next day it rose, and then actually one, two, three, four days later, it actually went all the way a little bit above 30. And you might say, well, that's that's because you have this, uh, this result in limbo. Um, but you might remember, you know, 2000 had really high volatility, I believe it was March or April, as sort of the, the tech sell-off had, had begun. And not too long before, you know, right before election day, uh, the VIX had dipped back down. But uh, there were days, in fact, if you look at middle end of October, uh, VIX was 30. So VIX was already elevated. Um, you know, certainly it wasn't 100, but it was around, you know, 25 on election day. And one of the interesting things too is that, you know, VIX sort of stayed elevated a little bit, uh, but into that Supreme Court decision and you know, I mean, VIX actually came down. In fact, on December 8th, the VIX was about 22 and, you know, about 22 and a half or so. After the decision, it, it spikes back up a little bit. But, you know, that was another time when you had the VIX elevated, volatility elevated. And volatility is elevated. It just means that premiums are more expensive because the option market is expecting higher moves. And if that's the case, you have to pay for those those higher moves. It's not unlike, you know, the good example I usually give is Netflix earnings come out. And if you ever watch Netflix, you know, their their earnings uh, up or down, they can they can move that stock. It's not uncommon for that stock to move 10% from, you know, the day right before earnings to the earnings come out and then after market it moves 10%. But basically when you see a stock like Netflix, and you know they they might have um, they might be expecting more. For example, if they had an implied volatility of three hundred on that one day, that that's almost a nineteen percent expected move up or down. So think about volatility as the expectation of future moves. So yeah, VIX is already elevated. VIX was elevated in two thousand. And in 2000, you had a, you know, I, uh, I guess indecisive election, right? They had to, I don't know if anybody remembers, but what was it the hanging chads and you had these 
these pictures of people with glass magnifying glasses trying to figure out on the Florida ballots, like, uh, you know, if you punch through something and it's supposed to, the, the little perforated square is supposed to come all the way off and sometimes it would, it would hang or something. So they call it the hanging chads. But, um, but anyway, I bring this up because if you look back uh, when we did have a contested election um, and it did have to go to the courts, it doesn't seem to me that volatility did anything crazy. It really just stayed in the range that it was in, but it was elevated. Uh, today we have elevated volatility. It's not 70 or 60 like it was uh, February and March, but certainly it's a higher volatility regime, meaning the market is expecting a greater range, uh, more price, uh, greater percent of price changes compared to a lower volatility environment. So um, as you start to, to hear these things, um, you know, just keep that in perspective. And so again, uh, one of the ways you can look at this, if you have access to uh, the, uh, uh, the ability to look at different VIX futures, is you can look at the different months uh, that are out there. There's uh, monthly contracts for the near in, there are weekly contracts. And you can just kind of see uh, right now, again, the November contract is 32.5, 32.5, yeah. And then the October is about 31.5, 31.3. They're actually trading uh, as I'm, as I'm you know, do, recording this. And all that means is that you're looking at the, the options market, but yeah, absolutely. Uh, November is higher than either October or December, and then it kind of goes down from there. And by the way, when near-term volatility is higher than the, the further out, uh, that's actually you know somewhat inverted VIX curve. So typically, the the near VIX future will be lower than the next month and the next month after that. Uh, so when when prices on futures contracts are higher in the near months, you actually have an inversion in the curve. Uh, backwardation is the official futures term. Uh, so anyway, that's, uh, that's what I wanted to talk about today. Um, we'll be, so a couple things that are coming up. As I said, we'll, we'll do that preview. Uh, it will be out the Sunday most likely. So that's what Sunday the 1st. We'll be covering... Uh, going through the probabilities, we'll be looking at the different metrics, uh, what different experts are predicting. We'll take a look at the options, uh, the volatility markets. And you know, on that one, we'll also go back through that 13 keys exercise that we did as well. So I encourage you to turn in there, tune in there and check that out. Uh, and by the way, uh, one of the great things that uh, of late I've received uh, you know, different questions and different feedback from people. And a lot of times the topics for these episodes are built on ideas that the audience has. And so I'd encourage you to, to reach out, uh, put the link to how to get a hold of me. Uh, go ahead and reach out with any questions. And obviously, if you have ideas for future episodes, uh, go ahead and do those as well. Um, real quick, too, uh, a, a little public service announcement, too. Um, and I'm not suggesting you should be trading VIX options, uh, but... VIX options are actually based upon the future, uh, the futures contract. And so, you know, a lot of times if you buy an option or sell an option and you're selling, let's say, an option for January on Exxon uh, or you're buying a put, buying a call, whatever it is, 
you know, the that's different than buying or selling VIX options. Because if you buy, let's say, a, a January VIX option, uh, that's based upon the January future. It's not based upon the October or the November one. So they're a little bit more complicated. And it's actually a mistake a lot of uh, newer traders make. And depending upon the, the program that you're using, they may actually calculate some of the option metrics off of the VIX cash instead of the VIX future. And there is no instrument to trade on the VIX cash. The one you see on CNBC, there's nothing that, that trades that. So uh, anyway, don't be careful if you're going to be doing anything around the VIX. Like talk to somebody first. All right. As we always say, go ahead and share this with someone if you find it interesting. And rather than wasting time rating and reviewing, uh, share with someone who's never listened to a podcast before. You can listen to these, uh, you know, Spotify is on there. You can look it up. You can do it in iTunes and Google has a, a podcast app, Stitcher, anywhere that you want to listen to podcasts as well. All right, everyone. We'll talk to you next week.